Welcome, welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and give you the inside access other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Mark Williams. We discuss how he's gained so much confidence from his recent play, the biggest adjustment he's had to make so far during his rookie season, where he believes he can help the Hornets specifically, what he enjoys most about being coached by Steve Clifford, and more. So you ready? All right, let's go. Let's get it. It's kind of crazy to think about it, but when you harken back to when the Hornets were 3-3 three and three after the first six games of the season, how they were kind of just treading water for a bit, figuring that they'd be okay until they got their injured players back, like, like the mellow ball. Since then, they're 7-26. and 26. And as they go into this four-game road trip that begins Friday in Milwaukee, the Hornets are in a downward spiral that at this point just seems to be inevitable that it will continue. When you look at how they continue to take one step forward and like five to ten steps back, it's just been a incredibly maddening season for them from the injury standpoint. As soon as you get a player back, it appears almost every time somebody else goes out. In this case, the Hornets finally were looking forward to getting a couple of guys back. Dennis Smith Jr., um, you know, even obviously Cody Martin, you know, a top defender. He's been out pretty much all year. They, they were looking forward to getting those guys back. They finally get him back, and they lose Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward. And with Gordon, it's the fourth time since training camp that he's missed time. This latest injury is hamstring soreness. So it's a day-to-day thing, but with hamstrings, they can take time to heal. And then with Kelly Oubre having surgery on Thursday, to repair a torn tendon in his um, shooting hand that can keep him sidelined most likely until after the All-Star break. The Hornets are just in dire straits right now, trying to figure out how to not only stay healthy, but how to put a lineup on the floor that has any kind of cohesiveness whatsoever. Because, you know, when you look at it and how they haven't had their starting five pretty much intact for the better part of this season, I remember asking the guys um, on the road trip out in L.A. about that when they finally had their starting five intact for the first time. And then I remember asking them when they came back home um, against Oklahoma City, kind of same thing. And remember, P.J. Washington kind of just chuckled, you know, just almost at the absurdity of it all. And that's kind of what's been this season for the Hornets. It's been a really wacky, unbelievably crazy, hard to 
fathom season coming off what they thought was going to be potentially moving a slight step forward after being a playing tournament for the past two seasons. At this point, the Hornets are speedballing toward the NBA draft lottery and see if they can land potentially in a victor when Bianca sweepstakes. Because there's so many issues to correct and they don't have enough time to do it when you're essentially almost 20 games below 500. Not even in mid-January. It's just hard to, to, to put into context just how far they are out of the playoff race. So at this point, barring a miracle run, it's going to be interesting to kind of see exactly how these next few weeks shake up, shape up with the Hornets because when you are playing this way and you have to essentially start looking toward the future and start playing your younger guys, that leads to a situation where you could potentially see them moving a player or two before the trade deadline comes and goes next month in February. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all kind of shakes out because, you know, the Hornets have so many things that they have to kind of take care of to even become a semblance of a good team that it's pretty clear that's not going to happen this season. So what happens now, how they kind of move forward, they're going to still try to obviously win as many games as they can in the meantime until they start breaking it down potentially. But we're going to have to just keep an eye on how they move forward over these next, again, few weeks here because when you're where they at, where they're at at the crossroads in terms of trying to figure out how they move forward and become a better team, but also trying to develop younger players. It's a talk that Mitch Kupchak and the front office will have to sit down at some point and have and determine what's the best method of moving forward because you can't break it down to nubs completely you have fans that are paid harder in cash to see some of these games, and they're going to want to be able to at least have fun at the games and 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 I think they're getting some bang for their buck. So, again, it's going to be really interesting just to see how this whole thing kind of shakes out. And it's going to start pretty soon, I think, because the Hornets, again, are going in the wrong direction. All right, before we get to my convo with Mark Williams, I wanted to do – one quick mailback question this week because my chat with Mark was um, pretty lengthy, so I want to make sure that I get all that in so you guys can hear what he has to say about a variety of topics and subjects. But the question this week comes from Tom Hart via email, and it's a good one because something we have to address here moving forward. And it, the question is, it looks like the Hornets are potentially running into a cap for games played by two-way players what are their options on this well tom thanks for the question because that's a something again to keep an eye on here because teo maldon you know supposed to be somebody who's going to sign as an insurance policy have him in the g league developing and potentially you know have him be ready for you know be a contributor in a year or two well teo's played 35 games so far due to 
a variety of injuries to LaMelo, Dennis Smith Jr., and even um, Terry Rozier. So that being the case, he's really close to his cap. And two-way players are allowed to play a maximum of 50 games before they have to be converted to a regular roster spot. And, um, you know, Tao's getting close to that point. So the Hornets have to figure out what to do with him moving forward because, you know, luckily for them, Dennis Smith Jr. is finally back from his injury and LaMelo seems to be okay. So Tao won't really be needed as much. So they may be all right there. Um, but it's something that, again, with one more injury, if somebody goes down for a period of time and they need to have somebody playing backup point guard, um, it's going to be a crunch on the roster because they do have one more roster spot available, but it all will determine on what happens um, with Miles Bridges and if they re-sign him and how that's going to go. So that whole situation is still kind of up in the air, per se. Um, I still think it will eventually will happen, as I always have, even dating back to the summertime uh, before um, he obviously got arrested and um, had to go to court for domestic um, abuse. But I, I I believe at some point we'll see again when, but it, it probably will, will go down. Um, but in the meantime, that's a roster crunch that they have to kind of determine which way they go. Um, but if they have to, you have to use that roster spot. I don't see them waving anybody to get to that point. So it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks here to keep an eye on what the Hornets are doing in terms of their, their roster and how they're going to manage it. But potentially, again, if they move a player or so um, and potentially a multiplayer deal, then maybe that gives them an extra spot to be able to either convert tail if they have to, or again, uh, potentially bring in mouse bridges. That's what they want to do as well. So thanks again, Tom, for the question. It's something that um, I've been trying to, you know, again, um, I guess conveyed to the public as well, that this is something that the Hornets have to manage very carefully here, something they were not expecting. But thank you very much, Tom, for your question. I really appreciate it. All right. So with that now, um, it's time for my chat. I'm going to bring that to you now. Um, you know, I spoke with Mark, and he was really, really good about just being a part of the rotation now, um, what he's learned most about being a pro, um, just playing for Steve Clifford, just the confidence he's gained lately, and things of that nature. So I want to bring you guys my chat with Mark, and here it is right now. All right, well, this week I'm joined by Mark Williams. Mark, thanks for giving me some of your time, man. I appreciate it. Um, first, what's it been like, man, to come in as a rookie in the NBA and kind of just find your footing, um, you know, as a player who obviously knows you can kind of compete, but what's it been like kind of just to find your, your way the first couple of months here as a pro? Yeah, um, I think, you know, especially as of, as of late, you know, just – um, getting, you know, getting minutes, you know, being in the rotation. Um, it's been pretty, pretty fun, um, you know, to just play, you know, obviously, you know, have a positive impact on my team. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's all been, you know, pretty great so far. When you have to kind of wait your turn, man, can you explain what's that like? Because I'm sure, like most athletes, you know, when you come up through the ranks, you yeah. know, AAU, high school, college, whatever, like you're kind of a man, yeah, so you're playing. Sure. But when you're not playing, what's that like to kind of have to get in the, into the rotation? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, all your life you're used to being, you know, the guy that's playing, playing a lot, mm -hmm. you know, being someone they turn to. Mm -hmm. 
and then you get out here and then you're not playing mm -hmm. it's a tough transition especially when you're like you know you know you can contribute you know there's things you think you can do right away um but i think uh you just gotta gotta make the most of it try mm -hmm. to keep your you know keep your head um and how would the veterans helped you out with that i'm sure a lot of guys went through the same thing what do they tell you about having to just keep a positive mind frame until it's your turn yeah um you know mace Mason always tell me some stuff um, as far as keeping my head. You know, KO, uh, he would always be like, you know, go dominate, you know, when I was in the G. You know, because there are times I'm like, I feel like I can do this, you know, right now. Mm -hmm. It's just like go down there, you know, just prove prove everybody wrong. Um, you know, especially like, you know, Cody, uh, you know, the guys that have been in the G sort of giving me a little bit of, you know, words of advice. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I think everybody really, I don't think it was just like one or two people. I think everybody from the team would always try to tell me something to keep my head. And then, you know, then they were like, whenever you're, you know, with us, uh, you'll be ready for the moment. I feel like I've done that so far. You mentioned KO and Mace. Who are you closest to in the team? Who's the guy you look to and say, you know what, if I want, if I want some advice or I want to mess around and have some fun, I go to this guy and, you know, play around with him. Um, I think it, I think it varies, you know, it kind of depends on the day. Uh, but I mean, as far as like in-game advice, uh, it's usually Mace. You know, our locker is right next to each other. Um, so I mean, game by game, uh, you know, ask him stuff, different, uh, you know, tendencies on guys, uh, coverages, stuff like that. Can you explain what it's like to have somebody like that, who same position, yeah. he's starting, but he's helping you. Like, what's it like to have a teammate who wants to help you succeed and be a good player, man? Yeah, it's great. Um, definitely, you know. Makes my life a little easier, especially if I don't know something, you know, you'll, you know, most of the time have the answer for me. Uh, I mean, it's it's a very, you know, it's a good have for sure. Uh, with Coach Clifford, man, what's it been like to have him as your coach? Talking to all the guys, Kelly, a lot of guys say he's a player's coach as well, but also X's and O's coach. Like, they don't, sure. it's, it's kind of hard to have both, they tell me. And, and, and as growing up um, and being a professional, you usually have one or the other, but he's both. Yeah. What about that? And how has he helped prepare you for what you're doing right now? Yeah, he's definitely uh, somebody that, you know, will hear us out. But at the same time, you know, he has his things. Um, yeah, he definitely, you know, loves his X's and O's, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, he, he's always trying to, you know, make sure we're good on defense. Um, you know, and I'm just, you know, I just appreciate, you know, he's, uh, you know, put some trust in me as of late. Um, and I feel like I've been uh, doing a good job, you know, on both sides of the ball, and I want to continue to do that. But, yeah, you know, uh, you know, playing with for coach is great. Um, you know, he's definitely, definitely those things. <laughs> he's definitely a player's coach, but, you know, at the same time, he has his things, but it's a good balance. You mentioned, um, you know, too, just about, you know, uh, trying to kind of find your mark and everything, man. Just when you had that game, you had a double-double, kind of a coming out party for you, per se. People kind of saw what you can really do. What was that like? I know you got to do it more than just once, but what was that for like? Sure. And then how much did your phone blow up at that kind of people, I guess, giving you congrats and giving you props, man? Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely felt great. You know, a game like that, you know, where your numbers – your numbers reflect, you know, all the work you've been putting in. Um, but it's definitely something you want to continue to build on. But, yeah, you know, I had a lot of people reach out, you know, just, you know, congratulations, keep working, that sort of thing. But, yeah, it was definitely a great feeling. 
you, as you said, can do different things to this for this team, man. You know, your rim presence, mm-hmm. uh, rebounder. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the things that you can do, and you see how you guys are struggling a little bit right now, mm-hmm. how much, as you said, do you want to go out there and just contribute to you guys and help you guys turn this thing around the way you want to right now? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of where our problems are, are uh, you know, places where I feel like I can contribute. And I want to just continue to do that to the best of my ability. Um, obviously, we've been on uh, the wrong side of a lot of games, but I feel like there's a lot of games where we know we could have, you know, turned that around and turned those into wins. So I think that's also what makes it tough. But I think, you know, for us, it's really important to, you know, keep our heads, not let us, you know, splinter and just, uh, you know, continue to keep going and keep fighting. What's been the um, toughest adjustment for you as you know, first year pro rookie coming from college to, mm-hmm. we talked about the not playing thing, but what else has kind of been tough to adjust to, if anything, is it the time, the travel, what would you say? I mean, I, I think just like how frequently you play. Um, you know, in college, you could have times where you play once a week, maybe twice. Um, you know, like back-to-backs don't really exist in college. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the ACC tournament mm-hmm. or something, but that's not really common. Um, and you just, like, there's days you, you can't really practice just based off how much you play. Um, but, yeah, the travel, too. Like, there's, you know, we're about to go on a week trip. You know, we're going, you know, the Midwest, Canada. Like, um, you know, we were just out west in December. So, I think just the travel in general along with that. Um, what's the most fun thing that maybe you didn't think would be this fun um, so far? Um I mean, those things, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I love to play. So um, I think even though it's been an adjustment, it's something I enjoy, you know, playing, you know, as often as we do. And then obviously getting to go to all these different cities, you know, being able to see, you know, the country. And I think uh, those are probably the biggest. Bryce had mentioned just being a pro and just how cool it is for you guys as rookies to kind of have this as your job. Man. Yeah, like, literally. What's it like to, like, wake up and say, wait, I got to go work and play basketball today. What's that like? Man? Yeah, it's great. You know, that's what you get paid to do. Like, it's it's what you do for a living. Uh, you know, you, you wake up, you go to practice. Uh, you know, if you are, I mean, if it's a game day, you know, you got to shoot around, you come back, take a nap, play a game, and that's your day. Um, you know, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you get paid to do that. You know, some I really enjoy doing. A lot of people enjoy doing, so... It's definitely been great so far. Are you uh, you getting recognized a little bit more out there, man? A little bit more people now. People say, "Oh, that that's Mark." They give you a couple more looks out there and say, "Is that that, that Mark Williams?" That happened a little more now to you. Uh, I mean, a little <laughs> bit. I feel like it already kind of happened just based on how tall I am and stuff like that. You know, people are uh, people are always willing to ask, but uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool, you know, to see that uh, continued recognition. I was going to ask you about that. As a tall guy myself, literally, every time I'm somewhere, people say, did you play basketball? Or did you yeah. play basketball? Like, what's that like? Do you, do you get annoyed at times, or do you actually enjoy that? Uh, I mean, it's it's cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't really mind it. I feel like it's sort of like an inevitable thing. Uh, I think it's, uh, I'd say it's just more annoying, like, depending on where you are. If you're at, like, a restaurant or something, you're just trying to eat your food. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I don't really mind if I'm, like, out somewhere. And just tell me, man, just last thing is uh, – can you explain, um, you know, what, what's your main goal? I know obviously team goals are to get this thing turned around mm-hmm. the way you want to, and you want to help the team out. But when you look at, at the end of your rookie year, what you want to accomplish, what is your, your main goal right now to um, get this 
season the way you want to by the time it's over with. Yeah, I mean, by the end of the year, I want to be on on the all-rookie team, first team. Um, you know, I feel like uh, just, you know, continuing to do what I'm doing, you know, my my opportunity, however, uh, you know, however long that is, you know, night after night, but just continue to have an impact on my team. I think, you know, if I do the things I'm capable of doing, I think that stuff will take care of itself. But uh, it's definitely not like something I'm like, you know, super harping on, but I feel like if, you know, I do what I do, I think all the pieces will fall into place. And that's a good thing for you, right? You feel like you're, you're, you're kind of right there. You feel like the Hornets have the structure for you to succeed here. What about that? What about the, the, the staff and just the way people are kind of helping you to rise up right now a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, just my continued development as a player, um, you know, from, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily this year, but, you know, continuing to evolve my game, uh, you know, on the perimeter, um, obviously in like the mid post, obviously I think I do a good job around the basket now, but you know, always adding to your bag, you know, there's never uh, too much in somebody's bag. So just continuing to, you know, get better every single day. My God. Thank you, Mark. Well, you're yeah. a busy guy, man. Appreciate you for the yeah, time, man. Thank you very it. much, sir. Yes, sir. Many thanks to Mark for joining me. As you guys can hear, he's very understated, but he looms, you know, as a very big individual in the paint and potentially as a, answer for the Hornets at center in the future. So we'll see how that all works out. But thanks to Mark again for joining me. Now time to look ahead. And the Hornets have another road trip coming up, which seems like they've been on the road almost all season. Um, they have the opener of the trip Friday in Milwaukee against Giannis. And, you know, they always play the Bucks actually pretty tightly for the most. Let's say always, but they played the Bucks tightly, especially up in Milwaukee. Um, but, Again, with the Hornets playing the way they are lately, with the injuries piling up the way they have and with the offense potentially being an issue, missing Kelly Oubre, um, and even Gordon Haywood's playmaking ability out there to help out with small basketball things that people don't see, um, it's going to be tough for the Hornets to get this road trip. I mean, I uh, didn't think they would even get a couple of wins on the West Coast road trip, but yet they did, um, you know. But, you know, it, I, I still want to – see them do it again a little bit more on the road and starting up in Milwaukee is going to be tough. Then after that, they go to the play, the Pacers, to Indiana on Sunday, which again, could be a game they can win. Um, after that, it's across the border in Canada for the old two game series um, against your opponent on the road. And it's going to be this time in Toronto for the Hornets, um, a place they don't really play very well other than, you know, a Jeremy Lamb um, miracle three-point shot that we remember a couple of years back, but, you know, so a four-game road trip and, you know, maybe they can go 2-1-2 two and, two and, and split it and be 500, feel good about themselves, but, you know, the way they're going, um, you, you, you hope they can, if you're a Hornets fan, you, they can get at least one because if they come back 0-4 from this road trip and still sitting on 10 wins in mid-January, um, I'm not even sure what to say about that. That that would not be a good look whatsoever. So the Hornets have to take some time on this road trip and cure their ills because, man, there's a lot of them right now to figure out. This week's random stat. It's actually, let's do something positive for once. The Hornets haven't had very much positive news, it seems like, to to talk about. You know, LaMelo Ball, um, you know, he still has to become a better two-way player out there, but we see what he's doing on offense, and his assist numbers are kind of historic. 
he became the fourth youngest player in NBA history to record a thousand assists when he had I think seven in the first half alone um in the Hornets loss to the Grizzlies on Wednesday in Charlotte. Um only LeBron James when he was 20 years old, 102 days, Stefan Marbury at 21 years old and 12 days, and Trey Young at 21 years old, 127 days, have um, done it in the same half age-wise as LaMelo, who is 21 years old um, and 135 days into his 21st year. So, again, becoming the fourth youngest player in NBA history to record a thousand career assists, you know, shows again his floor vision, his ability to make some insane passes. And the Hornets, again, have something special in him with the way he can go out there and distribute the basketball and score. Now it's about honing that talent and putting the players around him to make sure that everybody excels and can succeed to be able to do what the Hornets want to do out there on the floor. So Melo assists a thousand career. I'm sure the number will continue to grow. And, you know, if he's at, at this rate, continues to go the pace he's at, then who knows where he can end up on the all-time assist list. So there you have it. Many thanks to my guest, Mark Williams. And thank you so very much for joining me for this latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out CharlotteObserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, until next time, we out.